On today's episode of Relative Currency. The other option that you have that is not typically through a job is a Roth IRA. And so a Roth is something that you would open up at a financial institution, and then you can contribute up to a certain amount uh, into the Roth IRA. And this money uh, will, will help you in the sense that even though it is not pre-tax, it is money that you would contribute post-tax, but then you'll never be taxed on it again. Brother, sister, and cousin, we've been relatives for a while. We're chatting about financial things. We're doing it family style. Cryptocurrency, stocks, and loans, financial literacy. It'll be that and so much more on Relative Currency. You are listening to Relative Currency, fine-tuning financial literacy for the middle class. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the episode of Relative Currency. I'm Frank here with Alicia, and we're so excited you could be with us today. Um, got a really, really exciting episode. Before we get started, I want to encourage you Subscribe to the podcast, um, iTunes, uh, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, any other major podcast platform you can find us there. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. We definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, one of the things that's it always comes up is, you know, people talk about tax season, talk about getting a tax refund. It's always a big thing. There's a whole campaign, H&R Block, and uh, you know, different things that you can get a tax refund and how exciting it is and how good it feels. Um, before I get into that, let's clarify one thing. A tax refund is just your money you're getting back. You're not really getting a refund. The, 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 basically, the government has held more of your money than they should have. And then at some point, they give the money back to you without paying you interest. So it's really not the greatest thing. But there is value in reducing your tax burden. And we're going to get into that. And that will also help your refund. Um, and, and help you pay less in, in taxes as well. So this, this is a win-win uh, situation for you. So, you know, this is going to be actually the first of, of two parts we're going to do where we kind of go through this because it's kind of an extensive topic. We want to make sure we cover everything that you can really benefit from. So we're going to jump right in uh, and start with, you know, the, I guess the ways you can, you can reduce your tax burden or tax liability, however, same thing. Um, through your employer or through your job, different um, different people have different ways that you know they work for. If you were self-employed or when you work for somebody, there are still ways for your day-to-day job that you can help reduce your tax burden, so you pay less in taxes and potentially get a larger refund uh, when tax season is uh, comes around. So, for those of you who just have a standard job through a standard employer, one of the best ways uh, you can do it is through your um, if something called a federal, excuse me, flexible spending account, FSA, it's a pre-tax account and you can put money away for medical expenses. So whether it be dental, medical, uh, dental, vision, other such things, you can put a set amount of money away. Generally, it's it, it goes up each year. Uh, I know it, in, in this coming year might be close to $3,000 that you can put away for different expenses. And what that happens is they take out that amount out of your check um, you know, every pay period and it comes out before taxes and you're able to use that money pre-tax on medical expenses, things you would have bought anyway. Like we talk about glasses, braces, Invisalign, those things you can use 
on those um, expenditures. And basically you're paying less in taxes because that money is being taken out. So what, just, just for a quick, you know, I'm not an accountant. So like I said, anything we say here, go and ask your accountant, make sure that you're doing the right thing. But, you know, if you make say $20,000 and you have a $3,000 pre-tax thing, that, that means you're only going to pay tax on $17,000. So that's why you're doing these pre-tax, um, you know, deductions. Another thing um, is flexible spending account. There's also the dependent care flexible spending account, which for those of us who have children, um, and, and uh, whether they're in daycare or doing day camps, these are things that we can deduct uh, pre-tax money for that. So if you have a child who's in daycare, we all know how expensive daycare is. Um, you can allocate money towards that. Uh, if you have kids who are in summer camp, uh, and I know I have, I have a child and it's great that they're in summer camp because it gives me peace uh, and allows me to work. So those are things you can also, you know, get money, uh, put money towards. So, you know, the, the $300 a week camp, you can actually get that money pre-tax, put it towards that and reduce your tax benefit, but also pay for your kid's summer camp. Uh, the last thing um, that's not always available, but it's still very, very powerful is the HSA. So the health savings account. Um, a lot of times when you hear the government talking about single payer and stuff like that, that's kind of what they're talking about, this health savings account, because um, one thing I'll mention, I was I do apologize, the flexible spending accounts, they they end each year. They're, they're a one-year thing. They don't roll over. But your health uh, savings account, that actually is a lifetime thing. So that's a very, very powerful way, not just to reduce your tax burden, but also to have money for medical expenses later in life or at any point in time. So generally, if you are offered the plan uh, through your employer, um, there's there's you know different options. But the main way is you you can contribute. You still have to pay a premium on whatever your plan is. You have to have to have a PPO or a point of service plan, something like that. But you you pay that deductible. But you also are able to put money into the account so that you know you can spend it later. Um, so that's a pretty cool benefit. And and the really cool thing is if you have money in this account and you get to be a certain age. Uh, retirement age, I think maybe 58 and a half or something like that, you can actually take that money out pre-tax as income. So um, the HSA has a pretty high number um, as far as what you can contribute. I think it's close to $7,000 for a family per year. Um, I think it may be half of that for an individual. So those are numbers. Those are things you can reduce your tax burden each year. Um, now, granted, obviously it, it takes money away from your check, right? Like if you need those for living expenses, you have to do that budget that as well. But if you can do without that money, you get used to it, you get, you can pay less taxes and get better benefit, you know, from your, um, you know, your, your, your health plan. So that's just, you know, one of the ways I'm going to bring Alicia in and she's going to bring in some more ways, you know, through your employer, through your job or your employment that you can reduce your tax burden and get that biggest uh, refund possible. So, yes, I mean, you know, a lot of times we talk about working for our money, but the goal ultimately is to have our money work for us. And so uh, when you're able to make pre-tax contributions, that's a way to get your money working for you. And uh, because you're reducing your overall tax liability, you often don't feel the hit as much as you would have anticipated because it's different having that money taken out pre-tax versus post-tax. So um, the things I want to bring up uh, that are pre-tax that you can get uh, via your employer are the items of a 401k, 403b, and uh, possibly some people have access to a 457b. 
So basically 401k, 403b, those are kind of the standard um, retirement plans that everybody thinks of when they uh, get the option either to opt in or opt out um, of the employer-sponsored retirement plan. And uh, sometimes you can also get a match on your contribution, which again would be another way to get your money working for you. But in terms of reducing your tax liability, your tax liability is reduced because it is actually reducing the taxable amount of your compensation pre-tax. So for example, you know, if you uh, make a certain salary and you contribute either a percentage or a certain amount uh, to your retirement plan, your income is reduced pre-tax accordingly. And again, that's why you don't feel the hit as hard as if that money was taken out post-tax. Um, in a minute, I will talk about what if you take the money out post-tax. But again, starting with the 401k, 403b, that's kind of your standard option that people hear about when they ask, you know, do you want to participate in the uh, employee retirement plan? That's usually what they're talking about. And so what you would do is elect to make some amount of contribution. Uh, the maximum that you can contribute in 2022 is $20,500. So that'd be split over, you know, however many pay periods you know, 24 or 26 pay periods typically in a year. Um, and then that money would come out of each check pre-tax um, and uh, accordingly reduce your tax burden. If you work for a nonprofit um, or a state or governmental agency, you may additionally be offered the option to participate in something called 457. Now, just so that you know, a 457B uh, plan is not typically offered alone. It's usually you're going to have access to a 401k or 403b, and then you may also get access to a 457b. Um, this is great, uh, particularly if you're a high earner. It will allow you to contribute as much as you would um, to the 401k or 403b plan in this 457b. That's the upside. So you take your taxable income down even further. So for a tax year 2022, that would be an additional $20,500 that you could reduce your income by. Um, the downside of a non-governmental 457B is that if the institution that offered this option goes bankrupt, you, you know, basically get in line, uh, you know, that money is not uh, necessarily going to be then uh, accessible to you if for example, a hospital is a good example of the type of institution that would offer this. So if the hospital goes uh, bankrupt, then that money that you uh, contributed to 457B would be in jeopardy. And these, the 457B is also often called a deferred compensation plan. So the 401k, 403b are usually called, you know, the, like the retirement plan in the vernacular, and then the 457B is deferred compensation. Um, so the upside is that you could essentially double your ability to, to contribute for retirement, double your decrease in income for a boost uh, to your savings on tax liability. But the downside with 457B is that, you know, if you're not at a stable type of uh, institution that's offering that, that money could be lost to you. Um, the other option that you have that is not typically through a job is a Roth IRA. And so 
a Roth is something that you would open up at a financial institution, and then you can contribute up to a certain amount uh, into the Roth IRA, and this money uh, will will help you in the sense that even though it is not pre-tax, it is money that you would contribute post-tax, but then you'll never be taxed on it again. So you take the hit uh, to your uh, in terms of tax liability in theory, you know, and in a higher uh, tax bracket, this is still going to be helpful to you versus in the future when you may be on a reduced income, et cetera. Now you have money that you can access that is not going to be taxed. Things that come out pre-tax, you will have to pay tax on it later. Um, so it's something that actually has income limits um, for individuals in 2022. The maximum income you can make as an uh, as an individual is one hundred and forty four thousand dollars a year, and for uh, couples filing jointly, you could make um, up to two hundred and fourteen thousand a year. Those limits did go up for twenty twenty three, and so um, you have a limit of one hundred and fifty three thousand for an individual for tax year twenty twenty three, and a limit um, of two hundred and twenty eight thousand for tax year 2023. You do have until tax day of the next calendar year to make your Roth IRA contributions um, for the previous tax year. So for example, you had until April 17th or whatever tax day was this year to make of 2023 to make your contribution for tax year 2022. So keep that in your back pocket because if you wanna participate and you want to max it out, uh, you know, that can give you a little bit of extra time depending on when you come to know about this so that you can get that contribution in. And just really quickly, in terms of taxes, you can actually make post-tax 401k uh, contributions, but that's not gonna reduce your tax liability. So that's another strategy, but just know there is such a thing as a Roth 401k and uh, that's not, something that's going to be advantageous per se in the current time for your taxes, but it is something to think about in terms of strategy for retirement, but that can be addressed at another time. Um, other things that are work-related that you can uh, use to your advantage are if you have either a side hustle or your own business and you have a dedicated space in your home that you use as an office, you can take a deduction for that. So, for example, if you lived in an apartment and it had whatever number of rooms and you used one room for your office, whatever percentage of the space of your apartment is that dedicated area, you can deduct that as like a, a percentage of your home. So like if it's a tenth of your living space, you can deduct the home office on that basis. But it's not to be a shared space. You know, we're going to be on the up and up here. This is not supposed to be a common area. You can't carve out a corner of your living room, you know, or whatever. It needs to be a space that's for business only, that's dedicated to that so that you don't open yourself up for an audit, you know, and being investigated for lying. You must make sure that that's a dedicated space. There's a myriad of other business-related expenses that you can deduct when you are uh, either doing a side hustle or self-employed. And one of the big ones is mileage deductions. You may also have options to 
deduct business travel if you do business travel or if you have business dinners um th there are some expenses like that that can be very helpful in reducing your uh tax liability um and then not exactly income related but something that does reduce your tax liability is making contributions to 529s in certain states you do have to pay attention there are different states have different um amounts that they will grant as a uh deduction from your tax liability for your contribution to the 529 and even if you don't have children you can either make contributions to a 529 for yourself personally for your spouse you can make it for your nieces your nephews um cousins that are younger uh or what have you so that is a vehicle that if there is uh, an opportunity to contribute to a family member's education, you can take advantage of that as another means to reduce your taxes. Man, that's, that's, that was good. That was a lot. Like I said, go back and listen to that. We're on uh, iTunes, Podbean, uh, Google, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Check us out um, on those different platforms. One other thing I wanted to mention, uh, we talked about she talked about the 401k, 43B. If your employee, there, there are limits, but your employer, if they match or if they provide a match, that does not count towards the limit. So if the limit is 20,500 for say 2022, I think it's like a couple thousand more for this, this year, 2023. And your employer say contributes another 10,000, that's, then you're getting 30,000. So it's important to max that out. And like I said, this is just part one of, of what we believe is going to be very, very beneficial because a lot of times you, you look for this episode during tax season, but we're going to do it before um, tax season. And also for those people who have filed extensions, right? You may be able to take advantage of this for, for this year if you haven't filed yet. Um, Alicia, do you have anything you want to add before we uh, let them go and start getting the biggest refunds ever? Yes. So two two quick things. When you said it, uh, it made me recall with the HSA, it's a very interesting um, benefit to it is that you can have an HSA and you can have, in addition to that, a vision and dental FSA. So again, the FSA, you you can get a certain number of uh, amount of money a year. If you don't spend that money, you know, you're, you're essentially going to lose uh, probably the majority of it if you don't spend it. You can sometimes roll over a portion of it, but in general, that's money that you should plan to spend within that calendar year. Um, and so you can look and see if you're eligible for an HSA and you join the high deductible health plan so that you can have it. You can also get a vision and dental FSA and just only put in there what you anticipate will be spent for your uh, vision and dental expenses for the year and then also have that money pre-tax on top of being able to contribute to the HSA, essentially, you know, in terms of a human lifetime for perpetuity, you know, you get to keep that money as long as you live in the HSA. The FSA, it's going to be done after that year. Man, you heard it here first. It's relative currency. Definitely check us out on those major podcast platforms. Uh, and like I said, we're we're going to continue this in another episode. So stay tuned for that. But for now, we love you guys. I'm Frank for Alicia. We'll see you guys very soon. 
on another episode of Relative Currency. Thank you for listening to Relative Currency. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and other major podcast platforms.